Welcome back. Good to have you. Thursday. Got football tonight. Looking forward to that. Kind of excited, to be honest with you, about uh, getting back at it this evening. Cowboys, Titans coming up this evening. But more so for many of you, or at least I hope for many of you, you're in your fantasy football finals. Good stuff there. Coming in now, uh, coming in hot is our good guy Paul Charchian living in the hotbed of Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is a buzz at the possibility of knocking the Green Bay Packers out of the postseason or allowing the Giant to wake back up, one of the two. Paul, how you been, pal? I've been I've been good. How'd it go with uh, Paul, my friend Paul Allen uh, an hour ago? He, he No, he's coming up here uh, in an hour from now. Oh, He'll be up, an hour uh, from Yeah, now. he's coming oh, okay. up an hour from okay. now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we just had Stacy oh, Dales on, so Stacy's good. Oh! Yeah, she's good. Um, I don't know Paul Allen, but she's you know, she's good. She's good. Right. Uh, there's nothing. Right. There's nothing to like in tonight's game except for fantasy purposes. When one team isn't trying to win, you know the the Titans just announced that they're they're going to uh, they're going to bench Malik Willis. They're going to their third string cornerback. They've got nine players on defense not expected to start in this game, and Derrick Henry's out. I mean, this is going to be this is uh, this is not this is not the way that the NFL wants to have a nationally televised game with one team not playing to win. Yeah, it's uh, they're gearing up for next week against Jacksonville. Correct. So it's all about everybody next week's game. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just keep everybody healthy. Which I look at, they're doing the right thing tactically. And the funny thing is, Bill. This is what's happened in part because, and it's counterintuitive, the NFL purposely put these division games at the end of the season so they could get big matchups like Vikings-Packers, right? You know, heated rivalry, Packers have to have a win here, you know, the Vikings can end their season. I mean, you know, that part of the drama is great, but it ends up having some of these other games where the, the divisional game means so much that when Tennessee plays Dallas doesn't mean anything, and now you know, and now they end up with really kind of an integrity problem in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Paul. First of all, a couple of things, and I, I heard you on earlier today. I was out driving around and caught your caught your stuff earlier this morning. And the one thing I got to get clear, and I know absolutely, other than you and I, nobody cares. In the league that I was in, do I owe yeah. a bottle of whiskey, or am I not in that league? You're not in that league. You'll be good to know. You do not. You do not okay. owe whiskey. That's the. That is the okay. good news. Uh, you are. You are in my media league, uh, which <clears throat> I am also alive in that league. I really don't down care. To the end of that league. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, that's uh, so that one's still alive too. Played in the championship. So okay. no, but is but what a fun idea. So the premise of the whiskey league, for those who don't know, it's it's a guillotine league. Last team standing wins. We could do this really for any league. All of the non-winning teams, we don't pay any money, no entry fee, but all of the non-winning teams send a bottle of whiskey to the champion. And it's a blast. You get, in our case, 17 bottles of whiskey. I mean, you know, mm. that's a hell of a weekend right there. Yes, it is. For you and me, Bill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a couple of good bottles, too. Not cheap ones, good bottles. It's it's. There's like yeah, a minimum on that, right? Uh, yeah, we have a $60 minimum. So, you you know, you can't just, you know, like, you know, here's some here's some old foot water. And that's, uh, you know, you can't like yeah. you, you can't just send a uh, like a uh, like a Ziploc bag filled with brown liquid. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> it. Anything can be in there. All right. There we go. I just want to make sure that was clear. All right. Now, yeah. here's the question. And, and I got this from Mark. He said uh, and, and I think it's something you and I actually were, were going back before. 
Uh, one is, do you play the matchup or do you stick with the scorers that got you there if they're in a tough matchup? You know, I've gotten dozens of tweets from fantasy experts that say something to the effect of, oh, don't get cute with your playoff lineups or how will you live with yourself all offseason if you don't start the guys that got you there? Phil, that is crap. You will never find a bigger group of skittish, self-doubting, knee-knocking cowards than <laughs> fantasy players. The NFL is never static. It is a perpetually changing machine with teams and players constantly reinventing themselves, sometimes for the better, sometimes not. Players are always changing. Defenses are too. And the guys that helped you get here to the fantasy championship might have been a lock in Labor Day or Halloween or Thanksgiving, but that track record doesn't mean a damn thing. His track record's not going to break a tackle. His track record's not going to dive for a pylon. Yes, there are a handful of guys that succeed always like Justin Jefferson, but for 95% of the rest of the players on your roster, every game is different. Everything's always changing and don't get so stubborn about your so-called star players that you don't analyze every matchup and put the best players into your starting roster. Uh, here's one for you. This is from Chris who said in a guillotine league, he said, I have both Tariq Hill and Devontae Adams. What do I do with new quarterbacks? Oh man, how about what's happened to what's happened to Adams? And I mean, right? you know, no small implications for you guys too. By the way, let me you know, there's there's plenty happening here. Adams today, when you know when they find the reporters finally had access to Adams, to ask him about Derek Carr. He was openly upset about this. Like my best friend on the team, he's not. He does not like that they that it went down this way, and I can understand his thinking on that. And you know, this is you're going to have to go through another whole off season of where is Aaron Rodgers going to play? Is, is Derek Carr going to be your next quarterback? I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be stuff like that anyway mm-hmm. um, right. for this week. Let's talk Teddy Bridgewater for a second. And by the way, Jared Stidham doesn't is no help for Devonte Adams. who has by no. far my lowest ranking of the whole year. This is normally Devonte Adams, like a top five, six, seven wide receiver every week. He's wide receiver 28 this week. He had been bad. He had been struggling anyway. Last three games, he had, he had been putting up 38 scoreless yards per game. And now Jared Stone's a disaster. Anyway, uh, let's go to Let's talk Teddy. You'll remember Teddy from his time as Minnesota's quarterback. And yeah. Other, all the other stops, right? 77 mm-hmm. NFL games, 74 touchdowns. Think about, Bill, how hard is it to be a one touchdown passer in today's NFL with all the benefits they give the passing game and all the benefits they give quarterbacks and to be in the league for 10 years and to be a one touchdown per game passer, right. that's, that's, it's almost impossible to do. And notoriously short passer as well. Typical years, he throws for about seven yards per pass. Very, you know, it's a lot of underneath stuff. Now the good news for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is that they've been viable fantasy producers for the last month with Tua playing as badly as any quarterback in the league. So this might even be an upgrade to Teddy based on what we were getting with Tua. And those Hill and Waddle uh, catches and runs can be so special after the catch. They can turn short passes into long gains. So I'm, I'm still starting them, and they're both in my top 12. I don't like the Teddy effect, but they're just the players are too good for me to bench in this case. And the matchup is also very positive as well. Uh, this one uh, asks, uh, need some help starting two. Devonta Smith, uh, he's got Keenan Allen and T. Higgins. Two out of those three. 
Uh, Keenan Allen is my number five ranked wide receiver in a very good matchup against the Rams. And Jalen Ramsey's just turned into a, you know, a shadow of whatever he was before. And he runs largely, Allen runs largely from the slot. He's going to go up against rookie cornerback Kobe Durant, and who has allowed touchdowns in back-to-back games. So I love Keenan Allen. He's my number five guy. And then Devontae Smith is sitting way up at 13. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with um, Dallas Goddard because when Dallas Goddard was healthy before, Devontae Smith was really a very irregular producer. But he was back last week, and Smith was a freaking superstar. And mm-hmm. so I'm going back I'm going back to Devonta Smith on this, but it, that part of it is a close call. I've got one. Uh, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Kamara, Chubb, or Walker out of yeah. Seattle. And it, that's too many guys. That's, that is. Too I got many nine guys. guys to, I got. To, I got nine guys to pick from. Yeah, I can't keep all that. Shit. <laughs> Aaron Jones. Just, it's too much. AJ Dillon. First of all, I, I I take Aaron Jones before I take AJ Dillon. Uh, even, Alvin Kamara. Even given even given the distribution between these two the past few weeks, and you know Jones, it still doesn't to me look fully healthy. You and and. Right. and you know, and we know that all the all the inside the five stuff is going to is going to Dylan. You still like Dylan? You still like Jones better? I think Jones is a better back. Don't get me wrong. I just think I think that, Jones is a better the back. And they only, right now they only gave him like five to seven touches last week, and he was on the sideline, got his ankle wrapped. He said he feels better this week, but they only went to him a few times, and they did the whole "Oh my God, I can't believe we only fed him the ball three times in the first half of that game." comment again we'll have to check the tape and look at i still think they're going to go every time they end up sliding him and they don't use him they come back with him with a vengeance the next week i have a feeling they're going to use aaron jones more in this contest all right i hope he's healthy and i hope they do too because he's the better back and i wish they'd give him the ball more tell me about chubb what do you think of chubb this weekend i don't like him this is the lowest ranking of the year for nick chubb as well we talk you know all these players that you normally you feel really good about if you and nick chubb powered people into the playoffs on the back of a good season but it's all gone south with Deshaun Watson. Three touchdowns in four games. As an maybe the whole offense, that's it. it. That part's been bad. And under Deshaun Watson, he's dropped to 76 rushing yards and no touchdowns uh, per game. That's it. You know, he was at almost 100 rushing yards and over one touchdown per game in with Jacoby Brissett. And here's a brutal matchup with the Commanders giving up the fifth fewest rushing yards. So it is. It's. It's all bad for Nick Chubb right now. Away game as well, and yeah, I, I got with Nick Chubb way down at running back twenty this week. Uh, the matchup coming up this weekend, you've got a good one on Monday night, and and uh, this is another one. Uh, this is from another guy that uh, wants to know about quarterbacks. He's got both Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Which one would you start in this game? Yeah, huge game, right? Monday night. This is the best Monday nighter of the year. This is for the yes. this is basically for the one seed in the bye week in the AFC. I mean, a, and you come in with Joe Burrow red hot in this game, too. And obviously, Josh Allen is awesome. I've got Allen higher. Uh, he's my number two ranked quarterback this week. Um, the, the Bengals secondary has been a little up and down lately, including the Jacoby Myers Hail Mary touchdown last week, which is fluky, but still. Um, Cincinnati's dropped the hammer on Patrick Mahomes four weeks ago, so they, I know they can be good. Um, and they haven't seen a lot of mobile quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson ran for 58 yards on them. We're going to watch Stephon Diggs. He's mispracticed today out ill, but presumably he's going to go. Still, Josh Allen, um, I like his matchups a little bit better than I like Joe Burrow against a good Buffalo uh, defense and a good Buffalo pass rush, by the way. We should mention that that 
the uh, the Bengals lost their tackle. Lyle Collins is, yeah, a, Lyle is Collins. out, and you know here comes a great Buffalo pass rush. That could be a real problem for him. So yeah, I'm 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 a little bit more nervous on on Burrow, but I've got him ranked closely. Allen's just a little ahead. Chris Lacrosse says Brock Purdy, who is now practicing this week and looks like he's going to play against the Raiders, or Aaron Rodgers yeah. against the Vikings. Got Rodgers four spots higher. You know the Vikings secondary has been dreadful. You you know you know that, and mm-hmm. they've been winning in spite of that pass defense. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's a real it's a it's a big issue here. And uh, the Vikings have allowed three hundred more passing yards and or multiple touchdowns in eight of the last nine games. And so this is you know this thing's going to be this game's going to be won and lost on Rodgers' arm now. If um, it looks like Christian Watson is going to go, right? He returned to practice today, at least in limited fashion. I mean, if, if, if assuming Watson goes, and I'm definitely going that way, you could make a case if Watson doesn't go that, that you could switch it up here. But, boy, if Watson goes, boy, I both love him. He's my number 11 ranked wide receiver, and then Aaron, Aaron Rodgers as well. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Brown or Devontae Adams? A.J. Brown or Devontae Adams? Boy, that nice problem to have, right? Mm-hmm, I told you right. earlier, Adams is my is my lowest is at the lowest ranking I've ever given him. Uh, like in his, I don't know, in four years, he's my number twenty eight ranked wide receiver. AJ Brown's red hot. Uh, Gardner Minshew didn't, you know, he lost nothing with Gardner Minshew last week, so you know, still put up a hundred yards. So this is it's a strongly weighted towards AJ Brown, my number eight ranked wide receiver this week. Uh, and then real quick, the last one, uh, this is from, Ar- and by the way, Art says uh, you have put him in the championship with the advice. He says T oh, Higgins. Nice. Yeah. T Higgins or Devonta Smith this week. T Higgins or Devonta Smith. Yeah. God, it's T Higgins. My number three ranked uh, wide receiver this week. Who's been fantastic. So um, it, it's, he produces in the fantasy playoffs. He did it at the end of your last year. He got really hot. He's doing it this year again. End of year, he's been really hot. Tredavious White, the star quarterback for Buffalo, probably follows Stephon Diggs around, and that puts an easier individual matchup on Higgins against outside cornerback Dane Jackson, who's allowed three scores this year, all of them in the past six games. So, yeah, I think this is a, I think it's a very positive matchup from a red-hot T. Higgins, my number three-ranked wide receiver. George, it's been a hell of a year this year as always, man. I appreciate it, and it's always fun. Yeah. If by chance yeah. we end up facing uh, you guys up there in Minneapolis, then, uh, you know, uh, make room in the RV. I'm going to need a place to stay. <laughs> that is a deal, and, you know, you know we're going to dinner, and yeah. uh, I will, I'll be joining your show as we'll, as we'll talk through Vikings Perfect. and Packers. All Good right. stuff. You are the best, Good stuff, friend. Talk to you later. All right, pal, talk to you later. There you go, Paul. The great Paul Charchian joining us for a couple of minutes from Guillotine Leagues. And Paul is uh, Paul is fantastic. Really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Don't forget, coming up in about 40 minutes from now, Paul Allen, the voice, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, is going to be joining us about 40 minutes from now. Stay tuned for that. i uh, got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, it's still not too late if you uh, maybe missed out on that Christmas gift or uh, maybe you're just thinking about uh, buying something for that special someone or for yourself. Go to our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. You rock your world there. Located right there in West Bend. Go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That's KaneJewelry.com. And Andy who does the Buy Like a Guy podcast, has a whole whiskey and bourbon podcast out now. If you haven't seen it, go to canejewelry.com. And at the bottom of the page, it's the Buy Like a Guy podcast. Click on it. You can subscribe to it and check that out as well. Good stuff from our friends over there at Kane Jewelry. Uh, By the way, Aaron Rodgers is back at practice today. Kristen Watson is not. For people that are saying Watson is practicing. No, he was on the field. He was stretching, but he's not practicing today. David Bakhtiari um is back as well so rogers back at practice bakhtiari back at practice elton jenkins practicing today christian watson is not and Keyshawn nixon is doing what's considered quote on-field rehab he's back at practice but he's not technically practicing with uh with the other guys so there you have it eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy uh mike clemens standing by let's do this let's go up to green bay real quick mike clemens hanging out with us mike what's going on man i'm at practice and so yeah i was kind of surprised i mean bakhtiari man he's hitting pads today you know he's they, mm-hmm. i mean they're, they're still in the warm-up right now they're going to kick us out of here in a minute or so when they go to team so i don't know if that means he's going to line up with the first team but that's progress you know from just standing around yesterday um bakhtiari pushing other guys around in pads today and and getting physical out there and, and then testing that core after the appendectomy. Um, this morning when we talked to LaFleur, he said uh, he kind of mumbled, uh, yeah, Christian Watson, yeah, yeah, limited with the hip injury. And uh, Keyshawn Nixon, the, you know, your return guy, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, limited. But then, so then I saw Watson dressed uh, in, in a jersey and sweats, and he was there in the, in the pre-practice warm-ups that they do, the calisthenics and everything inside the Hudson Center. But as soon as they blew the whistle and they went outdoors to start working on individual drills and then getting ready to practice and scrimmage and go full throttle, and LaFleur's out of padded practices for the regular season. But, you know, it's full-speed flag football, if you will. Watson turned, and he went back inside. So he didn't even touch the field outside. So that's not, you know, that's not a good sign. That's that's no. probably less than limited participation. Um and I, and I couldn't see Keyshawn. He's down at the other end of the field. You know, you're looking at the defensive line, and you're wondering, you know, I mean, you want all of these guys because, as LaFleur said, whatever the Vikings are, you know, a team that is uh, eight times they've won games in the fourth quarter, they had to come back in order to win. They still have an awful lot of weapons, and they're, they're very healthy from Jefferson and Thielen and, and Cook and on down. Um, so, you know, you wonder about Dean Lowry. Yeah, Devontae Wyatt, the rookie, is getting more snaps. I think he had 25 against the Dolphins. But um, that's a that's a tough loss, you know, to put pressure on on Kirk Cousins or to try and contain uh, Dalvin Cook. There's this Bo Melton kit that they signed, which was interesting. You know, when uh, they, uh, uh, they made some moves earlier this week with the roster, mm-hmm. and, and instead of Jawan Winfrey, you know, if, if – if, if Christian Watson is out for two or three weeks, let's say, um, you know, it's like, what's the moves that they make? And instead of bringing up Jawan Winfrey again for practice squad, they sign a guy from the Seahawks practice squad directly to the roster. 
So this Bo Melton guy is, uh, I think he's a six-round pick. He's got four-three speed. He's no taller than Cobb. He's about five-nine. Watching out there today, and I saw Lafleur coaching him up. And when Lafleur was asked about him yesterday, Lafleur didn't have much to say. Like maybe they're going to try and get him on teams as a gunner or something like that. Maybe a, a possible guy in the depth chart for return man behind Dobbs. You know, if it takes a while for Nixon, but kind of keep on that that guy that they gave the number eighty jersey to. Yeah, I was going to say when they brought him in and signed him right away, I, it was first of all it was kind of an indicator to me that I didn't think Watson would be back, that they needed that depth. And then you brought up Keyshawn Nixon, and I thought, okay, there, there's two guys that uh, they need for return game and or gunner, and they're going to need on special teams and possibly even speed to get downfield. They had to sign somebody, so that that was an indicator to me that I didn't think either guy would be ready to play this weekend. So first thing I'll sure have to do today, Bill, ball security. Ball security yep. and splitting. Um, they had him go jumping over pads. They had him home on footballs, and you know, coaches are banging them with pads and things like that. You know, just thinking about it's going to be cold and 37 degrees, and you know, pretty good actually for you know New Year's weekend in Green Bay. I mean, you know, that was the weekend where they played the Ice Bowl 50 some right. years ago. But um, that's what he was focused on today. Uh, and and I you know I saw Aaron Jones out there, and so I asked Lafleur. You know, two of your fastest guys on offense are questionable between Aaron Jones and Watson. And then your return, man, when three of your fastest speed guys, you know, for offense and, and moving the football, how much is that coming to your consideration when you're making out your menu, what plays you're going to run? Or is it just like, hey, look, I still got Romeo Dobbs, I got Tunyon. We'll attack that, uh, you know, Ed Donatel Vikings defense where the opportunities are, where the spaces are. And he said, no, no, it affects my menu. It changes my the plays that we want to run when you take away the fastest guys and you're back there with the guys like Lazard and Cobb and those kinds of guys. It it changes the the complexion of the game plan a lot. Mike, uh, what what is it like? Because you were in the locker room yesterday. What is it? I mean, there's got to be a belief that they can get there, but this is a team that just whooped their ass in game one. What is it like right now? Is this a very determined business-like thing? Is this a giddy group of energized guys? What's it? What's the what's the feel right now? I was just thinking about that today at practice, Bill, and it's it's as good as it's been all season. And you know the big question mark is, and particularly now for this matchup with those Vikings offensive weapons, is what the hell happened to Darnell Savage? You know, right. this is a guy, a top guy you brought in with speed. And who liked to hit guys over the middle, coming out of Maryland. And and then you got him up against the Bills, whiffing against Josh Allen in the red zone. Didn't want any part of it. An OA hit. And, and it gets to the point where Rudy Ford comes off the street and replaces him. Well, then Rudy Ford got in over his head with Tariq Hill, you know, and Waddle last week in Miami. So they pulled him off, and Savage gets back in. And they're sort of celebrating that. But I don't understand how Joe Barry at some point can't either in the press conferences or at some point sort of call this guy out and challenge him. And they just sort of let him go off in the corner. And and mm-hmm. you're trying to get a feel from Jair or from Rasul Douglas about, you know, what happened to your safety and no one will touch it. And you know, I'll tell you one thing, Nixon said something, you know what? Because you don't know what's going on in a guy's life. You know, you don't know. Right. What's going on outside the field? And that's all I know. But if you had Darnell Savage playing the way he's supposed to be playing, 
you'd feel a whole lot better about going against Jeff, Justin Jefferson and company Sunday afternoon. I, I know we're going to talk about this coming up tomorrow, but that was going to be my next question. What did you learn from game one that you can take into this one and say, we have to do this different? Uh, you know, I, I know that Jair had been outspoken earlier this season to say, I want the number one. I want to be on that guy. Is it as simple as saying, Justin Jefferson, meet, you know, Jair Alexander and vice versa because you two are going to stay together all day long, or do you do something different? Jair Alexander, off microphone. By the time they got to Thanksgiving, he just didn't care. I'm just going out. I'm going to have fun, do the best I can. That's it. It's almost as if this guy had written off the defensive court. The secondary coach, Jerry Gray, on record at the podium said, I don't come up with the game plan. I just do what I'm told to do. I mean, right. my God, you know. So at this point, though, they come back from the bye. They string together two or three wins in a row. They're finding ways to finish games and win games. So that, you know, this team that, that came out with so much promise out of tra- training camp and gets just totally destroyed week one up at U.S. Bank, now they have a chance, a rematch, to see if, in fact, they have put something together where they can beat the Vikings. And for some reason, the odds makers have got Green Bay three-and-a-half-point favorites going into Sunday's game. What do you feel about it? I'm not going to get you to a, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get you to a, uh, a, you know, a win or a loss, but what do you feel I, I, about I'm, Sunday's I'm game? I'm right there with you. I mean, I heard what you were saying at the top of the show today. You know, there's reservations. There's an awful lot of reservations. Um, I, you know what, though? You're at home. And the other thing is the quarterback is focused now. The quarterback even said yesterday, I got to make some better decisions. I mean, he's mm-hmm. admitted, I, you know, you guys, people at home are sitting with their DVRs and backing up and saying, Alan Lazard is wide open. Why did he throw to him? You know? Right. Uh, so those kinds of things. So even the quarterback, number 12, is saying, I got to look around the field and take opportunities. And if he does that, then they can march all the way into the playoffs. I you see. I I would love to believe that. I really would. I want to say that they're going to win this game, and I just because uh, we know that this secondary of the Minnesota Vikings is not good. I want to see the Packers be able to drive the ball, not turn the ball over, get a couple of turnovers, get pressure on on Kirk Cousins to see Cousins do what he did in the first half against the Colts. You know that'd be great. That that'd be a way to win the game. I just keep thinking to myself, this team, call it luck, call it stupid luck, but they have figured out ways to win. And I don't think you could at all take your foot off the gas at all against this Minnesota Vikings team. It's just you know all the national guys. Every time they break down the books on the Vikings, and yeah, they got twelve wins, and sure they have beat some pretty good teams. Then they got destroyed one night, you know, by the Cowboys at home. It was you know a cold butt, a bucket of water. But the thing that, that bothers the national guys is, like, with all the stuff that they've got going with Kevin O'Connell in offense, they give up three, 400 yards on defense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, it, but to me, to me, that almost sounds like around the 2012 Packers, where it's all offense, and then, you know, you got defense that was giving up all these yards. Well, you were still getting to the playoffs with those teams, and the problem was, if you're up against teams that had halfway decent quarterbacks, those teams gave up on their running game and they were trying to get chunk plays to try and catch up, you know, to, to right. your offense. That's the way green Bay played 10 years ago. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 the other thing too, is I like where Lafleur is at. I like where Lafleur is at in terms of game manager and, 
And the way he's, I see him working the, the playing field, the practice field this week and everything like that, I mean, he wants it. And he's, you know, he wants, he wants to get this thing through and, and see it through. And he's got this great opportunity with these last two games against these divisional opponents to try and sneak in a wild card spot with everything else that's working for you. You know, you're hoping the Browns bump off Washington, all that stuff. It's all leaning Green Bay right now, just by a sliver, just by a hair. So you know what? I'm, I'll, I understand your your pick on Vikings. I'll I'll slant with Green Bay to to pull this thing out. Good stuff, Mike. Uh, we'll talk again tomorrow, okay, pal? Talk to you tomorrow, one twenty, buddy. Appreciate it. There you go, the great Mike Clemens joining us on the line. Good stuff. Out of the blue, Mike's like, "Hey, I'm here at practice. Come to me. Come to me. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Great stuff. When we come back, we're going to get into our picks." Against the spread, as I uh, only uh, was one and three, la- or one out of one and two last week out of three. Ben was undefeated last week. He climbs within a couple of games. Where will we be at after this week? We'll make our picks. Those are coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They're right there on County Road K in Oconomowoc, and they're letting you know New Year's Eve, they got a specialty menu, they have live music, uh, happy 2023, they want to tell everybody already now, but uh, coming up this Saturday, they got a lot of stuff going on. If you want the New Year's Eve, they're going to have smoked meatloaf bites, fried okra, grouper Oscar, stuffed pork loin, uh, smoked prime rib, they got all that going on. Chocolate Guinness Moose Duo for dessert, and then they're going to have live music and such. So Boondocks, Barbecue, Burgers, and Brews. Man, if you want to make a reservation, go to boondocksbbqs.com, boondocksbbqs.com, or call them, 262-727-7255, 262-727-7255, and uh, check out Boondocks. And, man, oh, man, they uh, are putting together a nice a big space in that place, too. So it's not like it's only 50 people or 20 people. I mean, if you got a party of, say, 10 or 30 or whatever, they can handle it. That's our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews on County Road K in Oconomowoc. And uh, tell them we said hi. It's going to be a fun, fun New Year's Eve out there. We got the kids. We're not going out. I'd love to. Wish we could. But we're not. We're going to do, do some dinner, hang out at the house. We'll probably pop open, you know a bottle of something, watch some of the football games that are going to be on TV, and then uh, the kids will do the uh, the sparkling, you know, grape whatever, uh, the N.A. stuff. And then uh, after that, just rest up and get ready for the game the next day. Head north to Green Bay. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670. It is time to make some picks against the spread. See if we can't make you some cash. Ben Kenny, you were three for three last week. I will give you the honors of taking the game first. Oh, Let's do this. Don't let me get hot, Bill. That's what the people are saying. I'm back to 500 <laughs> and might be might be the accomplishment of the year, frankly. I'm starting off in a game that matters for the Packers, and I'm going to pick in a way that would definitely help them down the stretch. The Cleveland Browns 
are two-point dogs visiting Washington. The Carson Wentz-led commanders. Number mm-hmm. one, I don't buy into it suddenly working under him. They benched Heineke because he started to turn the ball over, but we saw what Heineke could do with the team. The team hasn't bought into Carson Wentz. So I wonder what the motivation is like with him under center. Yeah, they're playing for the playoffs, but I don't think it'll work as well as Heineke. And Deshaun Watson's playing bad football. The Browns are playing bad football, but they still have that physical running game that even though Chase Young's back for Washington, I I think two points is a close spread, but I'm going to take the Browns on the road here. He's got the Browns on the road tonight. You've got the Cowboys on the road as well, taking on the Titans. The Titans are setting everybody a game for the top spot in their division. The Titans are saying, you know what? Screw it. If we win next week, we're fine. We're going to gear up for next week. They're still trying to win the division. Uh, The Titans, though, are getting everybody rested, and it's going to be Dak Prescott and company coming in from uh, Dallas to win this ballgame. I'm going to take the Cowboys giving 13-and-a-half. I got Good the Cowboys God. winning. Yeah, I'm t- I got that. I believe it or not, I, I'm gonna the, the one and only time I will trust Dak Prescott. Now, this defense of the Cowboys sucks. That I admit, but the Titans aren't playing anybody tonight. So I'm gonna go with the Cowboys to actually put it on somebody, and they're gonna put it on the Titans. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys giving the 13 and a half to get the win. I will buy you a dinner bill if you could tell me where Tennessee Titans quarterback Josh Dobbs went to college. Um, Bethune-Cookman. No, he went to Tennessee. Okay. It was worth a try. That is a that is a preposterous line. Um, Either that or Augustana. Yeah. No, no. He was a baller at Tennessee. They were part of the... Augustana, the great Ken Anderson from years gone by, played at Augustana. Bethune-Cookman... I can't remember who played a Bethune Cookman. Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, up next, I've been riding with the Jaguars for half the season. They burned me. Recently, it's become very lucrative. And the game to win the division, as you said, is against the Titans next week. So they're in Houston against the Texans, giving four points. Now, Houston comes off that win against the Titans where people might be high on them. It was a bad game, and they didn't play particularly well. Uh, They had to delay the kickoff, so not many people watched it. I just, I love what the Jags are doing. They have all the momentum in the world, and I would like if this was under a field goal, but unlike what Paul Charchian said, I'm going to stick with what got me here, Bill. I'm taking the Jags. There you go. There you go, taking the Jags. Good stuff. Um, It is Jared Stidham time. Stidham in uh, in Las Vegas and uh, the Raiders they come into this game as underdogs they stink they suck uh we know that meanwhile Brock Purdy seems to be back Brock Purdy practicing with the team San Francisco coming into the game against the Raiders is 10 point favorites Devontae Adams isn't happy basically told everybody uh Derek Carr's my guy and if you don't like it f you giving the bird to everybody on Instagram he's pissed Carr's pissed uh, Josh McDaniels is an idiot. The team's kind of given up. I'm taking the 49ers on the road. Another road team to give points and to cover. 49ers win by a boatload, and they beat the hell out of Jared Stidham in his first opportunity as a uh, as a quarterback in the National Football League. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 49ers. Man, road favorites. Bill is back. 
I will. Yes. Uh, I'll buy you a dinner if you could name any of the colleges Stidham played at, because there were several. Uh, no, I can't. Baylor and Auburn. Uh, he was very good I'm at the, Baylor years ago. Yeah, that was the uh, the pre scandal Baylor. Um, <laughs> last one: Seahawks plus one and a half visiting the Jets. Mike White returning, or excuse me, Jets are at Seattle. The Jets are Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike White is returning, which means they will play better football, better than we saw last Thursday against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think I'm buying the dip on Seattle more than anything. Geno Smith has kind of fallen off as time has gone on. Now, they brought in Jack Cohn for a workout, and since then, since not signing him, they've struggled. So I wonder if there's mm-hmm. a correlation there. Uh, but I, I don't know. Plus one and a half, get the points at home. Seahawks. Still playing for uh, to get into the playoffs. I've liked what they've done all year. It's just they've they've hit a rough patch, and I'm going to bet against the Jets, who looked so bad last Thursday. Uh, I'm going to go with the Monday night game, Cincinnati at home, Buffalo a one point favorite coming into this game on Monday night. Uh, I had talked about this earlier that Joe Burrow had never beaten Cleveland, and I picked against him, and then he went out and just beat the hell out of Cleveland. The the Cincinnati Bengals traditionally play horrible in primetime. For whatever reason, they just have. So I'm going to go with the Bengals at home to break the stigma and to throw themselves into the mix. Into the mix. Um, and, uh, and they're going to get the win. They're going to get the win. They're going to knock off the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati for the win, and suddenly they're in the mix for the top dog in the AFC. Now, they will have 12 wins. The Bills will have 12 wins, which we know then that Kansas City, they are at 12 wins. If they, God forbid, they get beat by the Broncos, they'll have 12 wins, but I think they win this weekend. But they will then be the top dog over in the AFC, and uh, it'll all come down to Week 18 for uh, for the Chiefs, so we'll see what they can do. But uh, Cincinnati's trying to get into the mix for the number one overall seed. I'll take Cincinnati at home. There you go. By the way, Bethune-Cookman, it, it, the minute I said it, his name escaped me, Nick Collins. Huh. Nick Collins played at Bethune-Cookman, and I said it, and I, sounded, I, I knew I was wrong when I said it, and I just couldn't think of it off the top of my head, but Bethune-Cookman was Nick Collins well on his way to a Hall of Fame career when he went down with a neck injury. Bill, I do have one guaranteed rate uh, bonus pick for the weekend. Sure. The Patriots are at home against the Dolphins and Teddy Bridgewater. Golf Channel is replaying the Farmers, which is in Connecticut, so I'd take the Patriots. <laughs> All right, let's let's do this real quick. So for, for picks sure to go wrong, uh, you've got two big games this weekend. Obviously, you've got uh, on Saturday night, Saturday night are the big ones when you've got um, uh, Michigan and they're in the Final Four, as we all know. And then also you've got Ohio State, Georgia in the Final Four, as we all know. Who you got between Michigan and TCU? I have Michigan winning, TCU covering. If I had time, I could go deeper into why. But I think TCU will have the firepower to at least keep it close. And I don't think Michigan repeats what they did against Ohio State. I've got Michigan winning. Ohio State, Georgia, Georgia, six-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. Georgia, kind of big. What they do well, Ohio State does not do well. Look out for the tight end room at Georgia is unbelievable, and I'm excited for people to watch it. Georgia can give you big plays, splash plays. Ohio State is still wondering how many splash plays they gave up against Michigan. Ryan Day, the Earl Shy beard, cannot 
cannot coach against big game teams. And uh, Ohio State, I have a feeling, is going to get beat by 14 or more in that game. And it's going to be Georgia-Michigan for the championship. So there you go. All right, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held practice outdoors, getting ready for Sunday's game against the Vikings here at Lambeau Field. David Bakhtiari on the field for the first time since heading to the hospital to have an appendectomy four weeks ago today. The Packers had to place defensive tackle Dean Lowry on IR after suffering a calf muscle injury Sunday against the Dolphins. Matt LaFleur. It stinks for Dean. It stinks for our football team. You know, he's, he's been such a consistent presence and just not only how he prepares and practices and how he is as a teammate, but his production on the field. And, you know, it's a void and the other guys are going to have to step up. Last March, the Packers decided to release linebacker Zadarius Smith after missing 16 games with a back injury. This year, Smith has played in every game for the Vikings and has 10 quarterback sacks. I asked Aaron Rodgers. How much has this team missed Zadarius Smith this year? Mm, I mean... He didn't play a whole lot for us in the previous year. He played real well in the playoff game against San Fran. But Z basically played the first game about, I don't know how many snaps. It wasn't the whole game. He didn't play till the playoffs. So uh, we didn't get a real healthy Z for most of the season. And then a bit of irony, the winner of the Bart Starr Award was announced yesterday. It's Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins for his community service off the field. I did have a chance to meet uh, Bart Starr. It was 2013, week two. We played at Green Bay. He was there for the game, which at that time, I don't think he was coming for many games so it was unique that he was there and we took the field as the visitor team and he was standing by the Packer tunnel waiting for their team to take the field and we were just standing around waiting so I said you know I may never get to meet Barkstar uh, again so I ran down towards their tunnel and just tapped him on the shoulder and shook his hand introduced myself and just told him well done so to win an award that has his name on it is a great honor that's Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins in Green Bay I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michael show Michael Show, we are a few minutes away. Paul Allen is going to be joining us. We're going to touch base with him. Uh, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, PA on the mic, is going to give us the lowdown as to what uh, he feels coming into this contest, what the Vikings did very well in Game 1, what they're going to have to do in Game 2 against this Packers team to get the win at Lambeau Field coming up this weekend. So we're going to talk with Paul Allen coming up here in just a short bit. By the way, uh, one of the uh, – and I'm, I'm going through – you know, we always do our picks. We just did. But I'm going through a lot of these these uh, scenarios and picks and such. And I'll tell you what, the world believes the Washington Commanders could get beat. The world believes Carolina getting three points against Tampa Bay not only will c- cover but win and maybe put Tampa Bay out of their misery. Uh, San Francisco – as a 10-point favorite going in to face the Raiders, many people are picking San Fran to score upper 30s and Las Vegas to be lucky to get to 20. So I'm kind of feeling good about that pick. Um, but also the world seems to think, even though the Green Bay Packers 
are uh, are three and a half point uh, you know uh, favorites in this game, depending on what line you're looking at. That the Vikings are going to get the win. The Vikings are. Gonna, I was just reading uh, on CBS. The battle of narratives collide when the team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs squares off against the the team with the worst record. That's worse than its record. The Packers' defense has improved lately, but the Vikings are built to you know end all of this Green Bay story stuff before it gets started. Uh, Minnesota, they can lose a game when it actually you know happens, and they're destined to you know win close games as well. But going to be an interesting one at Lambeau Field coming up three twenty five. On CBS this weekend, the guy that's going to be there to call it, Paul Allen, joining us next, coming up right after this. 